Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kelly, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Two very, very good Friday hours for you. Second hour, uh, uh, Jimmy will be back. Jimmy Aiken will be here, and we'll do open forum with Jimmy. So get to end the week with any question you want. This hour, one of the great ones uh, with us, uh, Jason Everett, who you know from his uh, many uh, works, defending uh, the dignity of a chaste life. Uh, he's the founder of Chastity.com, the Chastity Project, and uh, you've probably got to see him because he's spoken in front of everybody. I think everyone on earth has seen Jason Everett uh, speak in person. You've probably seen him. Uh, Jason, thank you for being here with us. And it all got started there in Catholic Answers back in 1998, I think. 14 that, years there. Is that when you came here, 1998? Yeah, was there for 14 years. Uh, wow. Started with an internship after college and everything flowed from there. Yeah, a lot of these uh, internships turn into something around here. Like, uh, yeah. like uh, and that's great. I'm glad. And then you've been uh, basically the bulk of your work has been helping people, motivating people, educating people about chastity since you left here. Yes. Yeah. It started there. I was there during uh, before Catholic Answers Live began. I remember the first episode back at the old office. And uh, so it started there speaking to a lot of high schools, universities and conferences on chastity. And after a couple of years, it just snowballed to the point where it's like, you know, 100,000 kids a year um, and been doing it now for 20. This this fall is our 25th year of chastity speaking at the schools. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on that. Uh, the number here is 888-318-7884, 888-318-7884. And any questions in regard to chastity are welcome. Uh, maybe you're uh, not a Catholic or a Christian person and you are not sure about that uh, Christian understanding of the value of a chaste life. If that is the case, you're welcome to call with your questions, 888-318-7884. Maybe uh, you're the parent or the grandparent uh, and you'd like to help uh, the kids or the grandkids uh, with their own. In, in their own kind of deciding about the kind of life they're going to be living. You're welcome to call with your questions, 888-318-7884. And if you're like most of the rest of the human race, this may well be an issue in your own life. And if you have questions about the use of pornography or questions about maybe uh, regaining a chaste life after a time uh, uh, of uh, not having lived a chaste life, whatever, uh, Jason's, Jason can help, and he's happy to talk with you. 888-318-7884-888-318-7884. It must be hard uh, for you, uh, Jason Everett, because the 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 kind of abandonment of chastity that followed the sexual revolution has been so successful for society that, you know, there's been, people are so much happier, families are so much uh, more <laughs> grounded and together. So that must make, make your work really hard. Oh yeah, sexual revolution is nothing, nothing but wonders to bring about family <laughs> happiness and personal fulfillment. So yeah, it didn't, didn't quite turn out that way as expected. But I mean, I think we see a lot of the bad news, you know, like everything's getting worse and worse. But I mean, for example, high school sexual activity rates have been going down for 30 years straight. Really? I mean, most high school students are virgins and about, about 70% of high school students who have become sexually active actually admit that they wish they waited longer. And so a remarkable number of young people are actually very open to the message of chastity. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's because they've seen the wreckage or, or, or what's the story there? 
Well, the, the surveys actually ask the kids, why are you choosing abstinence? Are you afraid of getting pregnant? Are you afraid you're going to get AIDS? And interestingly, those reasons of fear of pregnancy and disease was at the bottom of the list for why they were choosing abstinence, because the adolescent brain, when it makes behavioral choices, isn't so much doing it to avoid negative consequences. It's more choosing possible positive outcomes. They don't really focus on the negative. So if okay. you can't tell your kid, you know, don't have sex, and he's like, well, why not? And well, you can get pregnant and dive in STD and go to hell. I mean, it'll scare them for like 15 minutes. Like they're not in it for the negative. So the number one reason why the kids said that they were abstinent is that it is against my religious and moral values. Number one reply nationwide from the teens themselves. Wow. That is actually yeah. quite good news. I'm glad that you yeah. brought some good news with you. Uh, if you yeah. have, if you have questions about living the chase life, helping others, maybe your own children uh, live the chase life, you are very welcome to call 888-318-7884. I suppose we, I, I'll probably have to do this almost every time you're on, Jason, and I apologize for it, but could we define terms? Because I know some people think chastity and, say, celibacy are the same thing or something, but that's not what we're talking about when we use the word chastity. Yeah, celibacy, chastity, abstinence often get confused. Celibacy is the state of not being married. Um, so you could be technically celibate, but not abstinent and not chaste. Um, or you could be all three, uh, which would be the ideal. The, the second one, abstinence, is just the absence of sexual activity in your life. And so if you told me that, you know, Bob is abstinent, well, it doesn't really tell you that much about him. I mean, Bob might be a virtuous guy waiting for marriage. Bob might not be able to find a date. You know, Bob might might have died 30 years ago. Like it really doesn't tell us anything that he's abstinent. It just tells you what the person's not doing. Chastity is a much fuller concept. It's essentially saying yes to God's plan for human sexuality according to your state in life. And so it's something that the religious who make vows should live out, married people, single people, each in their own way, using the gift of sex according to God's plan. So the, the, the function of this virtue is to free you to love, because if you can't say no to sexual impulses, it doesn't really mean anything to say yes to them. And that also frees you to know if you're being loved because it tests the person. Like, do you love me? Do you want me? Or do you only want the pleasure that you're getting at my expense? And so this is why John Paul II said that chastity can only be thought of in association with the virtue of love. If we don't make that connection in people's minds, I don't think they're really going to want to embrace the virtue because it just seems like a litany of prohibitions. Yeah, it just seems like a no with no with, without any context. Mm -hmm. Then what's, yeah. what's the point of that no? Yeah. Uh, 888-318-7884, 888-31-TRUTH. Uh, it does, uh, you know, you, you want to say, well, all of human history has involved uh, this conversation about chastity, about what is the proper role of sex in our lives. And you think of the ancient people, even when they didn't live it, uh, they at least uh, were um, very laudatory of chastity. It's always been thought of as a virtue. It's never been thought of as a, as a, as a negative. And so you don't want to say, well, you know, things are, are so much harder now, but I think things are so much harder now because <laughs> we have pornography that you can, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, it practically shows up without you even trying. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I mean, depending on which website you might be on or whatnot. But if you do try, you could find it and and no problem. And so it 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 seems to me that this is a very difficult situation that we're in. 
Yeah, no, I remember hearing it said once that it used to be that in order to see porn, you'd have to spend time, money, and effort. Now you actually have to spend time, money, and effort not to see pornography. Yeah. And so that that's flipped for sure. I mean, I remember growing up, it was just when porn, just when the internet was coming to be. And I remember a, a friend said, "Oh, Jason, like you can see pornography on the internet." And I'm like, "Are you serious?" You know, I went over to his house and he dialed up the World Wide Web. You know, one of those discs of like 30 hours of free online AOL. <laughs> myself, you know, and, and it takes so long for this picture, this grainy pixelated image to actually show up that, I mean, by the time the picture showed up, I had basically finished puberty and lost interest altogether. But like <laughs> now it's a different game. Like you said, like, oh, here you go, 12 year old, here's your smartphone. And then right. boom, and they're in the world of the most graphic, horrific stuff imaginable, not just the boys, but even the young girls. And so you know, parents have got to become computer literate. A lot of the parents don't even know how to open an email attachment. Their kids like hacking into the Pentagon's website for fun after school. It's like, we got to catch up, be a little more tech savvy, protect these kids, protect the marriage, you know, because of the effects that porn is going to have on that. Yeah, kids certainly. But I mean, I, we hear from people of every age. I mean, every age, even into their uh, very senior years who struggle with the online mm -hmm. pornography. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I, I get the letters, you know, not only from the distressed wives whose husbands have been hooked on it since the, they were eight years old that kind of dragged it into marriage thinking, oh, marriage will take care of this. You know, that once I have it for real, then I can just get rid of the fake stuff. But you've already trained your brain to kind of associate sexual joy with dirty, illicit, forbidden sexual fantasies that are always new. And that's not what a spouse is. So like marriage isn't really the fulfillment of porn. Like porn is the distortion of human love. And so if needed, yeah. couples need to go to counseling, whether it's Sexaholics Anonymous, things like that, to really root out that stuff instead of gaslighting, especially the wives, to think, well, you're just asking too much. It's not like I'm actually doing it. It's not a big deal. And I work hard and you're not as available as I want, trying to make her feel like mm -hmm. her desire for intimacy and fidelity is just asking too much, but it's not. I mean, to gaslight someone like that is almost like buying a car and the dealer's like, oh, you want a wheel as well? I mean, you want a steering wheel and tires? <laughs> like that's that's yeah. that's the additional package there. It's like, no, 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 this, this is just standard fare. I'm not right. asking for anything beyond what you promised when we stood at that altar. It's really something when uh, the society has gotten to the point where you have to explain to people why uh, pornography is wrong and is and is wrong, especially wrong in the context of marriage. But you do have to, and I, I'm not saying that people are evil because you have to explain it. But it really says yeah. something about society because I think it just seems to me that there was probably a time when people would have just known or would have intuited it immediately. This is not right. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I remember hearing Dr. Alice von Hildebrand once saying that the sign of the collapse of a civilization and is when its women no longer know how to blush. And it was like, wow, you think about that, like girls don't blush anymore. They don't yeah. even know how to blush because the images and things that are thrown out around the cafeteria table in seventh and eighth grade in a Catholic school, by the time they get 18, 19, they've been so desensitized by these things, they don't even know what it means to blush anymore. Uh, we got a whole bunch of folks on the line. Jason Everett is our guest. It's always a great privilege uh, when he's here, and your calls are welcome. 888-318-7884. This hour, we're talking about chastity, and you are welcome to call 888-31-TRUTH. Catch Catholic Answers live anytime at Catholic.com. 
Underwriting for Catholic Answers Live is provided by Real Estate for Life. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. On the web at realestateforlife.org. Are you a coffee drinker? If so, you can now enjoy a coffee roasted to perfection by the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. Delicious Mystic Monk coffee is roasted and prepared by monks in a hidden cloistered monastery and is available in over 25 varieties. All Mystic Monk coffees are works of perfection and labors of love. For more information on how to purchase Mystic Monk coffee, visit mysticmonkcoffee.com. That's mysticmonkcoffee.com. Hi, I'm Kristalina Everett, and I am so blessed to have a great new show on EWTN Radio. It's called Women Made New, where women help women get closer to God. Through honest conversations with our guests about the challenges we face in our lives, we're reminded that no matter what mistakes we've made, it's never too late to start over. When we receive healing from the God who makes all things new. That's Women Made New every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. Great show for you today. This hour, Jason Everts with us. Next hour, Jimmy Agin. Your calls are welcome. 888-318-7884. Before we go to the calls uh, for Jason, uh, let me just read you this captivating script that I have in my hand. Looking for great deals on solid Catholic resources? We've got hundreds of them, all available right now at shop.catholic.com. We're in the early days of our fall store-wide sale. Everything is on sale from 10 to 25% and much more in some cases. We've got hundreds of great deals. Come check them out at shop.catholic.com. And that is why I get paid the big bucks, because I can read like that. 888-318-7884, our number. Our guest is Jason Everett, the founder of chastity.com, a resource that you uh, should check out and uh, make use of. Uh, whether for yourself uh, or in, in, in your own situation, or maybe you want to learn about uh, how to share the good news about human sexuality uh, as given to us in reason and revelation. You want to find out all about that? Head over to chastity.com. You become a resource to other people. Uh, Jason, you're going on pilgrimage to Mexico City, I know, in a couple months. Can people still come with you? Oh, yep. We still got time to fit some more on the bus. We are going to be going to, as you said, Mexico City for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And so I'm super excited about that. Just the idea of praying before her tilma on her feast day. I'm sure there might be one or two other people that happen to show up at the Basilica on that day, but it's going to be an incredible event. We're going to have some service work there, time in the poor, uh, spend some time with there, different shrines and things in Mexico City. So if you just go to chastity.com, you can get the information there on going to the pilgrimage. And Father Augustino Torres a CFR priest uh, from the Bronx is going to be coming as well. So it's going to young adults, parents, married couples, grandparents, bring the whole family. Uh, it's going to be that second week, second, third week in uh, December. So you get details, chastity.com. That's the best day of the year to be in Mexico. There'll be, oh, yeah. You'll see processions, I'll tell you that. If you've never seen processions before, there will be processions in the streets uh, yeah. for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, next up first uh, with a question for Jason Everett. Our guest is Bob in Texas. Just happens to be listening on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Bob, we're glad you're here. Go ahead with your question for Jason. Hey, Jason. Uh, love your work. You and Crystalina do, do amazing work uh, supporting our culture today. So my question is, uh, I'm, I'm the director of religious education uh, at a church, 
uh, and uh, I don't, I'm not directly over our 7th through 12th grade youth program. I am over the pre-K through 6th grade program. Um, and so I, I as a DRE, I, I will go and talk to the individual classes um, and touch on sexuality within the Call to Protect program uh, that the church is asking all churches to do, uh, you know, ever since we had a scandal. And so we touch on that, uh, but you, you, you mentioned earlier that kids are exposed to a perverted understanding of authentic sexuality. And obviously we want to teach them early on so we could combat those, that, that, that bad understanding. I'm just wondering at, at what uh, age or grade level do you think it's appropriate to first introduce to authentic Catholic spirituality? Um, fantastic question. I would say it needs to be introduced yesterday. Um, and obviously it needs to be age appropriate and every kid is different, but there's resources out there during the commercial break. I asked Cy what calls are coming up and he mentioned this one. And I'm like, Oh, I got a box of them right here. And I just reached, reached over some of the box of the books that we've got right here. We don't publish these things, uh, but th these ones you get through the daughters of St. Paul. This one's called every body is a gift. This one's everyone has a body. Uh, just <clears throat> sorry, little storybooks for kids beginning to give them like the foundational stones of the theology of the body, that your body is good. There's no dirty body parts and your, your body shows that you're made to be a gift. And so you can start at a real age appropriate level, starting to explain that. And then other ones, I've got a whole <laughs> massive stack of them right here of different ones for different ages um, that are going to go through the body and friendship, all this stuff rooted in the theology of the body for little kids and where you can find some of this stuff. One, there's a website, Tobet, T-O-B-E-T, which stands for Theology of the Body Evangelization Team. And so at Tobet, I think it's .org or .com, you can find their resources for kids, kindergarten through sixth and above. Likewise, Rua Woods, which is R-U-A-H Woods. On that website also, they've got a lot of stuff for kids as well that you could implement in schools, parishes, homeschooling programs that are going to begin to teach sexuality long before you have to even get into the birds and the bees. So that way, the first time you broach the subject, it isn't just physiology. No, no we've built this on a solid theological anthropology since they were in like early grade school. And so those resources are helpful. Um, there's another book called The Princess and the Kiss, another one called The Squire and the Scroll that are little storybooks you can read um, to young kids. So all those resources you could find at Tobet, Ruol Woods, Daughters of St. Paul. Um, some things you could find at our website, chastity.com, like Theology of the Body for Teens Middle School Edition, which would start at like sixth grade. But we typically don't have a lot of the stuff for the younger ages. People sometimes ask me, well, you know, doing this work of chastity, you know, are there other competitors out there in the field doing other theology programs? I'm like, no, no, no. Like, that's not my competition. Like, my competition is like Planned Parenthood and Playboy, not people <laughs> making curricula for grade school kids. So now I'm, I'm more than happy to promote the good work of Tobet, Ruah Woods, Daughter St. Paul, lots of stuff out there that you can use that's age appropriate that are not going to get parents upset. You know, what are you teaching my kid in fourth grade? It's like, no, no, no. This is written for kids by parents who understand John Paul's great wisdom and want to make sure that you're preserving the latency period of that kid, their their season of innocence for as long as possibly as possible. And so those are some great resources to check out. OK, Rob, Bob.
Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, You're uh, Bob, thank you for, uh, for your work in, uh, uh, in educating uh, young people. I, I always try to, uh, anybody who works in catechesis, uh, try to give them a book before they leave. So if you'd like a book, I'd love to send you a copy of Joe Heschmeyer's book, The Early Church Was the Catholic Church, just because I love that book, and uh, maybe you will too. Uh, hang on, Bob, if you want that. The number here is 888-318-7884. Our guest is Jason Everett, and we're talking about chastity. If you have questions, as we just had from Bob, about teaching the young, or maybe about turning your life around once you're old, uh, you're welcome. And I do mean old. I, I'm one of those people. I'll use the word old, and I don't regret it at all. 888-318-7884. Next we go. Oh, well, we're back to Texas. Michael in Midland, Texas, listening also on the Guadalupe Radio ne- Network. Uh, Michael, go ahead with your question for Jason. Hello. Um, Jason, I, I had I think I had met you at SLS about three years ago or so. And, okay. Um, I don't think I really knew you when I when I had briefly seen you, but I've seen a lot of your materials online and just wanted to thank you for everything that you put out there. It's uh, really helped me a lot. You're welcome. I'm, um, I'm glad it's my, been helpful. My question... Oh, yeah, it's been wonderful. <laughs> my, my question that I had was, um, I, I was in a relationship with a, a girl, wonderful Catholic girl, um, a little while back, but um, and we dated for about a year and a half or so, and uh, one of the things that wasn't like a constant issue, but was kind of a, an issue before we had broke up, and and was uh, has been really hard for me um, throughout. Like my relationship was was like, and I had had no no prior relationships prior to this, but um, when we would like would. Uh, you know, when I, a lot of times I would have a hard time with with kissing, or, or uh, I would kind of be reluctant to, to kiss her sometimes. In a try to try not to be uh, weird or anything, but it's it was sort of like something that I, I didn't quite understand um, as far as like with biological like reactions to you know even just like a a simple like a simple like kiss like those like one or two seconds or or a kiss on the cheek or something and. Um, a lot of times I would have, you know, a reaction to that, and I wasn't quite sure if I was always, if I was, you know, moving into an area that would be um, dangerous or endanger my soul as, as being, like, temptation, but okay, Michael, so uh, I would kind of be reluctant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm going to let, I, I just, I, I think we have the, the issue, and it's a, a, one I'm sure many people uh, ask about, about how, how do we know what are the appropriate limits on these things, and uh, uh, Jason, go ahead. Yeah. First, I want to affirm your desire to guard her soul, your soul, the innocence of that relationship, the purity of it. I mean, too many guys out there have the total opposite intentions of like, okay, what do I need to do before the end of the day to make sure by 11 o'clock that I've got her alone and we're on the couch and there's no supervision around and one thing can lead to another. A lot of girls get flack for immodesty, but I think a lot of times uh, and a man's intentions can be far more immodest than any outfit that she puts on. And so for First, I just want to affirm you uh, just for the modesty of your intentions of just like, I want to glorify God in this relationship. I don't want to fall into sin. I want to keep it pure. That's a wonderful intention. In terms of the execution of that intention, we've got to understand John Paul II said that the sexual urge is a gift from God. And that might strike a lot of people as like, wait a minute, I thought sexual urge is lust and lust is sin. This is to confuse sexual desire with lust. And so lust is when you reduce a person to their sexual value. 
you, whereas sexual desire isn't an, an innate gift that God has given to us. And obviously, because of virginal sin, it can kind of get twisted quite a bit. And so we need to be careful, okay, am I putting myself in an occasion of sin with this girl? Yeah, I'm peck on the cheek might not be a big deal, but you know, what are we going to be doing two weeks from now and two months from now and two years from now? I remember a high school girl told me that she informed her boyfriend that all they would do is make out and they wouldn't do anything else. And at first he's like, okay, whatever. And then they'd have these big old hot passionate makeout sessions. And then at the end of everyone, she would just kind of hit the brakes and be like, Oh, I'm not going any further. And the guy's like overheated and, you know, wondering like, wait a minute, I, I'm getting all revved up and you just slam on the brakes cause you're being a good girl. But she was totally content with that. Whereas for him, it was stirring up sexual desires that could only be morally satisfied inside the sacrament of marriage. And so what I would recommend is to keep the kisses simple. Uh, because what I've found when I was dating is that the more pure you are, the easier it is to be pure. The more you kind of sit on the fence and be like, we won't do that and that, but we're still going to do this and this, you end up stirring up all these desires and then just having to hit the brakes again and again. And usually it's like sprinting. If you're running full steam and I tell you to stop, you don't stop for another 15, 20 feet because you begin to build that momentum the faster you're going. The same thing with purity. The, the more you keep it simple, what I find is the easier it is to say no. And then if you do break up, typically you end up staying friends with each other. And so if you're struggling, you think, well, am I being scrupulous here? Talk to a good priest, talk to a good Holy Spiritual director and be like, hey, do you think I'm being too scrupulous here? Or do you think, nope, you're right on track. And maybe that girl just had a different perspective from previous relationships and isn't used to a relationship where she can be secure without a lot of physical affection. Because a lot of girls feel like, well, if I'm not giving him this and that, he's gonna lose interest and just go get it from some other girl. And so for a lot of girls, it's brand new territory that a guy actually wants to guard the innocence of that relationship. And so the music is turned on, so I, I hope that has been helpful for you. Michael, thank you very, very much for that question. Uh, all questions regarding chastity, welcome uh, this hour. The founder of chastity.com, Jason Everett, is our guest. 888-3187-884 is our number. We'll take a very quick break and re be right back with more of your questions for Jason right after this. Catholic Answers Live. The recent decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade was a monumental victory for the pro-life movement. But the fight is far from over. With our new booklet, Why We're Pro-Life, we have produced the perfect tool to prepare you to have peaceful and convincing conversations to shed light on the truth about human life from conception to natural death. Catholic Answers is printing millions of copies of this booklet, and we plan simply to give them away. You can help us in two ways. First, by generously supporting this project. 25 cents prints one book, $2,500 prints 10,000, and so on. Second, by helping us distribute the booklet through your parish, your school, or the pro-life ministry you work with. Catholic Answers is going to blanket the country with why we're pro-life, but only if you step up and help us. Thank you so much. For more information, visit whyweareprolife.com. Here's a question. Is it really possible to be friends with someone who died 2,000 years ago? Maybe the problem is that we've grown way too comfortable with the story of Jesus. Nice man, right? Taught us to love one another, said not to judge people. We celebrate his birthday every year. It's time to put away this small, safe version of Jesus, says Cy Kellett. Nobody that bland could have transformed the world. 
In a teacher of strange things, Psy presents Jesus Christ undiluted by sentiment, with all his radical words and deeds uncensored. Do you know someone, your son or daughter perhaps, or maybe your mom or dad, who needs the friendship of Jesus Christ? Do you? Order your copy of A Teacher of Strange Things by visiting shop.catholic.com today or asking for it at a good Catholic bookstore near you. Welcome back. Catholic Answers Live. You know, we're coming to you from San Diego, and the entire city is in an uproar because it's been 8,000 years since there was a playoff game for any sport here, I think. So <laughs> we finally have a playoff game tonight. i got to play the Mighty Dodgers here in San Diego. So if you hear a, a bit of uh, roaring in the background, it's just the uh, crowds assembling for the big game. Uh, you're welcome to call with your chastity questions, 888-318-7884. Our guest is Jason Everett. And uh, you can find out all about what he does and read a lot of what he has written over at chastity.com. You can also find out about that pilgrimage to Mexico in just two months uh, for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I'm going to go to Illinois now. Michael, listening to EWTN on Channel 130, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Michael, thank you for your call. Go ahead with your question for Jason Everett. Yes, Jason. Um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And, um if uh, the Germans do win in this upcoming battle, um, what's that going to do to your job? You, you're, no, you're not talking about the German army, right? You're talking about the German bishops, I assume. Yes, okay. okay, so the, the German bishops are kind of uh, pushing in the synodal, in their uh, synodal way, a, kind of a new vision for, uh, well, not really a new vision, but a revised uh, vision for Catholics for, the, uh, for, our, for human sexuality. So uh, what, what do you make of that, and, and what would that do to your work were they to be victorious? Uh, I think it would only create more demand for the work, honestly. Um, really? Like, the more that, you know, if you look at something like pornography, the more that that has spread, has that decreased the desire for people to get information on God's plan for human love and sexuality? No, it, it's made it more intense. So uh, the, the request that we're getting right now to handle all these cultural things is far more than we can possibly do. And so, I mean, we're wanting to grow the ministry and things like that. But, you know, unfortunately over in Germany, you see all the bad news of what's going on. But uh, what you don't see is like, I got an email this morning of someone in Germany that's taking our books, translating them into German in chastity and pumping them out to the young people kind of in like the underground church. I'm like, yeah, we're getting this, these orders from the top, but here's what's going down in the grassroots. Wow. We know it isn't working. You know, we know that unchastity does not lead to happiness and human flourishing. And so they're translating our stuff left and right and pumping it out to the young people in Germany. Um, so th there's good news going on because, you know, that teaching their synodal path, this is not like a new idea of unchastity. People think, oh, chastity, it's really old fashioned. It's like, no, actually prom promiscuity is actually really old fashioned. I mean, that's been around if you've ever heard of the Old Testament for quite some time. And so there's really nothing new under the sun. Uh, we're just trying to create these intellectual and spiritual loopholes for our desire not to practice virtue. I mean, it's John Paul, or as a St. Thomas Aquinas talked about effeminacy being the refusal to let go of what is difficult to do what is difficult because you don't want to let go of what's pleasurable. And I think sadly, sometimes this exists even in the hierarchy 
of the church, that you have people that don't want to let go of what's pleasurable to do what's difficult. And it makes them not the masculine leaders that they need to be in the church of just like, not only will I proclaim the truth, you know, I'm going to live it in my own life. I remember hearing one bishop ask, he said, how many, they asked him, how many of the bishops do you think in the church are just really 100% solid? And he said, well, it's, he said, it's kind of like Calvary. You've got one at the foot of the cross, ten or nowhere to be found, and then one who outright betrayed him. And he said, I think it's pretty much the same proportions today. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know how the statistics bear out, um, you know, but let's, I think it's important that we pray for our bishops a lot more than we criticize them. I think it's so easy to critique them and say, oh, I know what he's up to. He's up to bad stuff. But, you know, some of these bishops have a different pastoral strategy of like, yeah, I want to build up the faith, but I'm going to try to do a lot of it under the radar. Um, everybody's got a different strategy. We can't read their hearts, but we can certainly read what they're putting out there. And if what they're putting out there is contrary to what the church has taught for 2,000 years, then we should not only pray for them, but fast for them and do everything we can do as a laity to keep alive, you know, John Paul's theology of the body and everything the church has been teaching for 2,000 years. Michael, uh, thanks very, very much for that question. Uh, the number is 888-3187-884. We're talking uh, chastity. One of the things about uh, Pope Francis is, I think he gets criticized for going so easy on the German bishops, but he's actually been quite clear. He, he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't dropped some kind of disciplinary hammer, but he, yeah. he's been quite clear on, on many of these issues. Yeah, and the, and the challenge with the synodal path, uh, it, it's it's easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It yeah. really is. It's like, oh, this is just turning the church into a democracy. But we need to also realize that the church needs to listen. Uh, for example, I mean, I've been writing a book on gender for this past year, and I've just noticed how far ahead of the game the evangelicals are than we are in terms of talking to these individuals instead of just talking about them. I mean, we can craft the greatest apologetic arguments against this or that, but you know, we're spending a hundred hours reading and listening to stories on the news on gender and sports and this and that. But like, when was the last time you had coffee with someone who's wrestling with gender dysphoria or, or who identified as trans? A lot of the evangelicals are way ahead of us on this, that we're doing a lot of talking, but not a lot of listening. And so I think as a church, it's a good thing to listen as long as we have the foundation of, okay, we're not changing the eternal truths of the church, but if we learn, then we can apply these things in a way that's going to be pastorally more effective for the good of souls. And so let's just be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to the sin and stuff. 888-318-7884, the number. We're talking chastity with Jason Everett. Up next is Anne in Detroit, Michigan, listening on 990 AM. Anne, go ahead with your question for Jason. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to ask, what is the appropriate age for Catholic students in, in school to be learning about abortion? Is seventh or eighth grade too early? Um, I would not say that that is too early. I mean, obviously, we need to remember parents are the primary sex educators of their children. And so they need to ultimately have the right to know like, hey, in this semester, we plan on covering X, Y, Z. And if you're not comfortable with that, and here's how we will be presenting it, then you certainly have the right to opt out your kid. But I think we need to start teaching this stuff, not like seventh and eighth grade, but embryonic development stuff to like the first graders of like, this is a little baby when he's eight weeks old here, hold the little, you know, little model of the fetal baby. And at this age, you can hear a heartbeat in a mommy's tummy. And so there's ways to really build up a pro-life understanding before 
getting into the gruesome details of what an abortion is. I know, I know the school that our kids go to um, in Arizona is a really awesome Catholic campus, and they're praying with the kids for an end to abortion, and kindergartners are hearing this. Like, they might not know exactly what that is, but as they get older, it's kind of explained in more of an age-appropriate way, but they're seeking the intercession of the kids to fight against this thing, um, even from the youngest of ages. But in terms of the, the details, I think that you're, the school obviously needs to be prudent. I'm like, okay, how much are we going into the procedures of these things? Because odds are most seventh and eighth grade kids living in the culture today are going to have an understanding, at least in a general way, of what that is. But we've got to build up some real pro-life soldiers in the church, and I don't think grades seven and eight is too young to start recruiting them. What do you think, Ann? I agree completely. Thank you so much. Okay, thank You're you. Uh, thank you, Ann. Thank, um, uh, Jason, you know, we've, we've talked a bit about the, the education side of it, but uh, you also work in the side of a kind of recovery and that, mm. you know, um, God doesn't give up on anybody. And I, I think yeah. many people do have a feeling, ah, you know, the way I've lived, I, the, it, there's, there's, there's a kind of um, sheepishness about whether or not God really wants me back <laughs> or, or is going to heal me of this. Yeah. Uh, what kind of things do you do or recommend as far as healing? If Say you've had a long uh, pornography addiction or you've uh, lived a, a kind of loose life in, in other ways, uh, yeah. to, to regain the, the kind of um, dignified chastity that Christ calls us to. I think it's helpful to think how the devil and the Holy Spirit work before and after a sin, that before you commit a sin, the Holy Spirit is kind of convicting you. No, 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 listen to your conscience, whereas the devil is comforting you. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. You've done it before. God will forgive you. But then as soon as the sin is committed, if it's committed, they reverse their roles where the Holy Spirit becomes the comforter trying to encourage us to return to God. But then Satan becomes the accuser of, oh, you think God loves you now? Oh, after doing that, what use are you in the kingdom of God? This is the 30th time you've done that. You might as well just give up. And so I've heard it once say that the devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sins. But God knows your sins, but he calls you by your name. And so regardless of what has happened in the past, God is not waiting for you to become perfect before you're like welcome into his church. Because if, if we all had to get perfect before we came into church— It'd be a pretty empty place, except for the people who think that they're already perfect, and we wouldn't even want to be around them to begin with. I remember our priest on Monday's homily, he said, don't use piety like deodorant. <laughs> it was such a, he's from Africa, but he's got these sayings sometimes. I'm like, that's gold. Don't use, he said, some people use piety like deodorant. And I'm like, well, that's, that's on point. Um, and so just realize, hey, St. Francis de Sales that have patience with the whole world, but first of all, with yourself. And so if you struggle with this stuff, there's resources in the church, whether it's in terms of sexual addiction, counseling, good place to start is just go to confession. Hey, Father, and don't just go to confession, have a great confession. A yeah. lot of times it's like, hey, Father, forgive me, I did this and this and this. What about that? We don't need to talk about that. Happened a while ago. <laughs> you know, you get rid of that other jazz, I'll kind of hang on to that. It doesn't work. I mean, some guy tried to do that to Padre Pio once, and Padre Pio, who could read your soul, said to the man, you live near water, but you don't wash. And so in other words, go wash, be made clean, right. get it all out. And if the priest gets a sense that, hey, this might be a pretty persistent issue, because you want to stick with the same priest. Don't do, don't go priest hopping. Oh, hey, that's Father so-and-so from Vietnam. I'll go to him this week. No, no, try to find a good priest that you can stick to, whether he's from Vietnam or not, I don't care, but just as long as it's consistent. And then he can sense, hey, you know, we've been working on this for a couple months. 
doesn't seem to be making a lot of progress. Have you tried this? What about that? You know, then he can help hopefully get to the, the core issues that night night need to be resolved instead of just doing sin management techniques. Because if we're just dealing it like the fruit is the problem and we're not going down to the root system of these, you know, legitimate unmet needs that sometimes need to get addressed or healed. A lot of times it's just like clipping off the leaves of a weed in a garden. It's just going to sprout a couple couple weeks later. And so be patient with yourself. Don't lose your peace. Go to confession. There's good resources in the church. And don't give up on yourself. Uh, the number is 888-318-7884, 888-31-TRUTH, whatever uh, your question is regarding chastity. Uh, maybe if it's, even it's a, if it's a question about why. Why do we uh, Catholics, why do Christian people in general, uh, why do religious people in general have this uh, sense? that chastity is a really important thing. Why would uh, God be concerned about our sex lives, as we're sometimes asked? If you have those kind of questions, those are welcome as well. Any question having to do with chastity, welcome this hour. Well, Jason Everett is our guest, 888-318-7884. This is Archbishop Paul Coakley of the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, and you're listening to Catholic Answers Live. Do you love praying for people? Have you ever wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. EWTN communicating the faith. My wife is Catholic, my mother's Catholic, and I went to a weekend retreat to get married in the church, and I was just confused about what steps you need to take to be baptized, because I'm willing to do that. My wife does go to church regularly, and I need to. Sure, I can help you. The easiest thing to do is to call the parish and tell them you'd like to become Catholic and you'd like to be baptized. They'll fix you up from there. Welcome back to Catholic Answers Live. I'm Cy Kelly, your host. Hey, Jimmy Aiken will be here uh, second hour with an open forum. You can call and ask whatever you like. This hour, Jason Everett, who is known around the world, and I mean around the world, uh, for his work helping people, first of all, come to the realization that chastity is important, and then developing the skills uh, to live a chaste life, the skills, the habits, uh, both spiritual and, and, and practical in other ways, uh, to live a chaste life. If you have questions about chastity, you are welcome to call 888-318-7884. Elizabeth in Missouri called. Uh, she was listening to EWTN on Channel 130, Sirius XM Satellite Radio. She couldn't stay on the line, Jason, but she wanted us to ask you this. Uh, what does chastity look like in a marriage? Okay. Well, I think one of the easy ways to think about what what's included in that is to think of your wedding vows and promises that you made. You know, when you stood on the altar, you promised you come here freely without reservation to give yourselves completely to each other? Um, Will you welcome children into this marriage? And so you kind of promise that your love is free, it's total, it's faithful, you'll welcome life into that marriage if God blesses you that. And then you kind of leave the church and you enter the sanctuary of the bedroom and you exchange the wedding vows, not simply with your words, but in your bodies that I give my body to you tonight freely 
I'm not coercing you. I'm not manipulating you. I'm not pressuring you. It's a free gift of self, not only freely received, but freely given. Like I'm not dominated by my hormones to the point where I just use you as an outlet for my lust. And so is this gift really free? Is it total? Being able to say, I give myself totally to you. I hold back nothing from you, not even my fatherhood. It's also faithful, not just with the body, but the imagination, the heart, the mind as well. And then is it fruitful? It should be never sterilized, contracepted, or aborted. And so this covers some ground, but you can look at what this means for like fidelity. No pornography, obviously. In terms of family planning, you'd listen to the church's teachings if you had to plan a family and you wanted to space out pregnancies by using natural family planning instead of contraception. And so, but a lot of people think, oh, good Catholics use NFP, bad Catholics use contraception. No, no, good Catholics realize children are the supreme gift of marriage. The default position is openness to life. But if you have a serious reason enough to use natural family planning, then you can kind of fall back on that to, to space out the next pregnancy. But the default position is welcoming life. And so we've got to kind of do an inventory of our marriage. How are we doing in this different, these different areas when it comes to chastity of my imagination, keeping pornography out of the bedroom, not using one another, um, listening to God's plan with our bodies and trusting him with that, because it's easy, so to speak, to get, you know, and around the kitchen table, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. Okay, great. You know, he's Lord in the kitchen. Wonderful. Is he Lord in the bedroom as well? Well, that's, that's a little bit more demanding. But what I always say is that with the parenting, your kids won't always obey you, but they'll never fail to imitate you. And so when it comes to chastity, uh, what am I telling my kids? You know, you need to be abstinent for the next 15 years of your life, but I'm unwilling to be abstinent for a week of this month to use natural family planning if we have to. It's like either we're in this together or not, but if parents are willing to embrace this virtue in their own life, I think the kids are far more likely to follow in their steps. Uh, thank you very much for the the uh, uh, question, Elizabeth. Um, and uh, sorry you couldn't stay on uh, with us, but I'm glad we were able to ask the question. Next, we go down to Birmingham, Alabama, listening on the EWTN app. Lila in Birmingham. Go ahead, Lila, with your question for Jason. Hi, Jason. Um, I you came to my high school, and I was in high school. So thank you so much for all you've done welcome. since then. Um, my question was about um, TV shows. I mm -hmm. sometimes watch comedy shows that aren't inappropriate in what you're watching, but make um, crude jokes. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of wondered if you have any advice about what we're watching and how that impacts us, because I think some of my friends can watch those and not be um, seemingly impacted by them. But um, I always yeah. just kind of question if it's right. Yeah, I remember hearing a saint who once said that filthy talk makes us comfortable with filthy action. Um, and so, you know, I think it's good to take a look at, okay, how much time am I spending? So quantity of time as well as quality of time. And so uh, some people will be watching like, hey, I binge Netflix for eight hours, but there's nothing bad on it. It's like, uh, I remember seeing an advertisement for an app saying this is the best app to kill time. And it just stopped me in my steps of like, wait a minute, if time is sacred, what does it mean to kill it? You know, who's behind this desire to kill time? And so first off, regardless of the quality of the programming, take a good look at the, the quantity. Like on my deathbed, am I going to be like, gee, I wish I had more? 
or time in front of a television set. Nobody's going to want that. And so I think television time in general should be pretty minimal in our life because there's so much more good that we could be doing. Now, in terms of the actual content, I think you're right that different people are triggered by different stuff. There's a gal named Kelsey Skoke who wrote a book for us called Uncompromising Purity. It's not just a guy problem. And in it, she talks about the battle that women face with temptation because all too often their temptations are kind of treated like a guy's temptations of just like, well, try this and try that. But women are triggered by different things. Women are triggered differently at different times of the month. And a lot of times the temptations for them could be more tied into relationships. I remember hearing one girl who said, yeah, when I really started falling into this stuff, it was just after seeing that one episode on something. And it wasn't even that sexual, but it just kind of got my imagination going and it kind of got tapped into some unmet needs and desires. And I just started you know, feeling more alone and just started to seek out some of the wrong stuff. And so we've got to know ourselves in terms of, all right, you know, I, I've found that when that show's over, I'm not in a real good place spiritually, you know, and, and that could be because the people writing the script for the show are themselves not in a very good place spiritually as well. And so take like an inventory of yourself after these programs, like where are you at? Where are you sitting spiritually? I remember taking a drive once where I lived in Arizona to Steubenville in college. And the first day I just listened in the car, 18 hours of pretty much just secular music, radio stations, this and that. The second day I had nothing but silence and Christian music and prayer the whole time. Man, the way I felt after the end of the second day was night and day compared to the end of the first. But at the end of the first, I'm like, I wasn't like robbing banks and, you know, burning down convents. I was a horrible person. But I don't know, just the place where I was at in my spirit after kind of binging, purging out all that stuff. I mean, it was St. John Chrysostom who said that the, the five senses of your body, the sight, the hearing, the taste— is like five entry points of a majestic castle. And if you don't guard, if you don't have a sentry standing at the guard of the entrance to your senses, any infidel can walk in and take possession of the kingdom. And so we've got to have custody over our ears, over our eyes. What am I letting in through the windows of my soul? Because that's going to shape our imagination and our thoughts and our desires. And so hopefully some of that stuff is helpful. But I said, yeah, with those type of programming, the less is more. Uh, Lila, I'm going to leave it there and uh, say thank you very much for the call because we are uh, coming up short on time now and there are more folks who would like to talk with Jason Everett. Uh, let's go to Colorado, Bernadette in Colorado. But you can never have enough Catholic Answers Live. That's the one programming that, you know, that, as much Thank as you, you for that. I appreciate just, it. We've never had disclaimer. people listen to so much Catholic Answers Live that they were robbing banks and burning down convents. See? That's there never happened. Some Not bank yet. robbery, but no convents. Uh, yeah. Bernadette in Colorado listening on the EWTN app. Go ahead with your question for Jason. Yes, uh, someone who's in college who has um, been exposed and I think is still potentially um, stuck with uh, pornography on the Internet, what recommendations would you have for getting that addressed? Um, we've got two books at chastity.com that tackle it because Matt, Fred, and I got together once, and I'm like, I don't know about you, but like when I meet people struggling, a lot of them know that it's wrong, but they just don't know how to finally break free. And I feel like I'll give them this app and that website and this book. And I thought, why don't we just make one thing that we could just hand somebody that'll give them everything from not just a spiritual and theological, but psychological, neurological, sociological, emotional, all these different angles that need to get hit with these things. Because a lot of times we're doing a great job spiritually. I'm doing my rosaries and confessions, but like 
psychologically, there might be some really deep stuff that you need to dive into. Or maybe I'm doing psychological this and that, but I'm not sleeping more than four hours a night. It's like, dude, good luck overcoming that temptation if you're not getting a solid night's sleep, if you're not exercising, you're not eating well, you've got to take care of the whole person. So for the guys, we wrote a book called Forged. It's a 33-day spiritual exercise that guys can do in fellowship together because accountability is key. You just can't go Lone Ranger on this. Uh, so Forge is 33 days for the guys, and you get a video emailed for you for free every day through that program. One day it's me, then Father Mike Schmitz, Matt Fred, everybody else. And then the book for the girls I just mentioned by Kelsey Skoke called Uncompromising Purity. It's not just a guy problem. And so I think these resources could be helpful to those individuals, but if there's anything the person needs, it's really accountability. It's, it's, I've met people say, I've tried everything and every app and every filter and every this, but I just keep falling back into the stuff. Um, it's a lot of times it's cause there's, there's not the accountability piece. There's, they're not opening up to somebody cause somebody can have insights to your sins that you'd never even notice. I know of one guy opened up that he'd been looking at pornography, cheating on his wife, everything. And he told a Christian guy and the guy said, well, Hey, if what you really want to do is look at porn and do that stuff by yourself, then go for it. And the guy's like, what? He said, yeah, if what you really want to do is look at porn and just do that, then go for it. And the guy was like, no, that's not what I really want. And the man said, exactly. And for this other guy, it was like this watershed <laughs> moment of like, wait a minute, maybe I'm not all rotten and evil. Maybe there is a desire for me for something pure and good. And I just have just been beating myself up way too much. I do want real love, but you don't get these insights sometimes on your own. That's why we need the accountability piece. And so I'd try to help that person to find that accountability piece, give them the good resources. Chassis.com has plenty. There's lots of good stuff at Catholic.com as well. Uh, and th there are so, uh, but there are also uh, for, uh, there's online groups that will meet, right? The, like there's different oh, yeah. chastity groups and that kind of thing is, because I don't remember how Forge works, but you get the, th when you get the book, you get the 33 days of, of videos reminding you, encouraging you, giving you new insights each day. Is that how that? Yeah. Yeah. You get 33 days with a video from a different presenter every single day. We don't even sell them in individual copies, only in pairs, because we want guys to work through this stuff together. Ah, gotcha. To have that okay. openness of vulnerability. And then we do recommend resources like, for example, CovenantEyes.com. If you go to CovenantEyes.com, you can use the promo code Chastity, try it out for for a month for free. And that'll, you know, have some accountability through the software. There's another one called Canopy that's really good for blocking a lot of the pornographic content on the phones as well. So we need to look at it from a technological perspective, theological, psychological. And as long as we're trying to cover all these bases, I think we'll make a lot more progress as long as we're not doing it alone. Okay, Bernadette, did that all make sense? It did. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Jason Everett, our guest, is going on pilgrimage. If you'd like to join him on pilgrimage in December of this year, going down to the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, you go to where, where do you go, Jason? How do you how would I do that if I wanted to do just, that? Just go to chastity.com. You can click on the events and pilgrimage will be right there. It's uh, me and Father Augustino Torres, two months away, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Love to have everybody with us. Uh, one thing I didn't uh, mention in this hour, and I, I should have, by the end of this year, we're expecting a book uh, from you on the whole transgender thing, helping people to answer the questions about from a Catholic perspective. And I personally am really looking forward to the book. So wh wh who's your publisher? Where can people look for it? Before the uh, end we'll be year. doing it through our publishing house as well as Ascension Press. It's going to be called Male, Female, Other, A Catholic Guide to Understanding Gender. Uh, Jason Everett, thank you so much. Thank you. 
Coming up next, Jimmy Aiken and it's Open Forum. You're welcome to call with any question you've got, 888-318-7884. And if it's a weird question, don't worry about it. Jimmy likes those weird questions. 888-318-7884.